Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're here to serve you in any way that we can. For more information about our resources or our church, you can check out hope at crossroads.org. Online, you can find access to other resources like devotionals and study books. Thanks again for joining us. And now let's start this week's message. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Will, the team for leading us today. If you've got your Bibles, if you will, open up to the book of Hebrews. Book of Hebrews, while you are turning there, uh, let me ask you a, a couple of questions. Hebrews chapter 1, it's on page 1837, if you have a Bible exactly like me. Okay, 1837. Uh, chapter 1, there are a lot of voices in the world. No? We have uh, politics, we have our media, we have parents, we have grandparents, we have kids, we have teachers, we have voices, voices, voices. So here's my question. How do you know which voice to follow? Now before you give me the Sunday school answer, well, I follow God. That's great. That's the right answer. But how do you actually do that practically in your life? Would you have some decision that you are facing and something has happened, your world is maybe turned upside down or maybe you have got to decide to move, for example. Lord, pray for us. We are moving tomorrow to Georgia. No, I'm kidding. Some of y'all went, no, no, just three miles down the road. We are downsizing and Lynette was here and she slipped out to go back home, pray for her. The dust has got her so messed up, she went home to grab an inhaler. So, how, how do you know when we were praying about, okay, moving, when we were praying about what to do with our kids, when we were praying about jobs, some of you prayed about financial situations, family situations, dealing with a, a child. How, how do you know, and once you do pray, how do you distinguish what voices that you hear? John's Gospel says it this way. We are going to look at Hebrews, but John's Gospel says it this way. My sheep hear my phone. Hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. My sheep hear my voice. But how do we know God speaks? There is a large segment of our population, even in the United States of America, that don't think God speaks anymore. They think they may even think God created the world, and he put all of us on it, and then he slung the globe out into the galaxies, and we're just spinning around, and he's finished. Some people who believe that. There's a large part of our population, maybe even some would say the majority, who don't even think God exists. Sure, they say God exists. They may even say, I'm a Christian. If you talk to them in America, more than likely that's what they will say, because a lot of people still believe if they were born in the United States of America, that automatically they become a Christian. But they don't really daily tune in to the voice of God. It's easy to get distracted. And so as we begin the study in Hebrews, um, it's a fascinating book of the Bible. As a matter of fact, most people aren't really sure who wrote the book of Hebrews. Biblical scholars debate. Some people say it's Paul. It has a lot of Pauline-type qualities in it. But then there's a lot of things in there that people would say, well, it's probably not Paul. So the reality is we're not really sure. It had to be somebody who probably lived along the time of Paul. Maybe it was Barnabas. I don't know. 
Because there's a lot of things in here that we'll read through our study this summer uh, that will pinpoint perhaps that it was around that time when Paul was alive. But nobody really knows. But we know the purpose of the book of Hebrews. And the purpose of the book of Hebrews is to remind us of one thing. Jesus is the most important thing. What a great reminder in the culture and the craziness in which we live. And so he starts off in that very first chapter talking about how superior Jesus is. So let's read it together. And we're going to try to get through this morning chapter 1. We're going to try, all right? God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways in these last days has spoken to us in his Son. Let me stop right there. We are in the last days. Hello. We are in the last days. Jesus has already come. He gave his life, the most precious sacrifice he could. He died on the cross. He was rose from the dead. We're in the last days. There is no, there's the Old Testament and New Testament, but there's no new New Testament. We're in the New Testament. We're in the New Testament days, the last days. So we better be ready. And so he says, in these last days, he's appointed to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. That sounds very similar to something Paul would say in the book of Colossians. That's why some people think maybe this is Paul. Through whom also he made the world. Verse 3, he is the radiance of his glory in the exact representation of his nature. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. Think about that. It's kind of talking almost a reference back to creation. God the Father, through his Spirit, spoke and all of the world came into being. Now, I hope this encourages you today because sometimes, I know you don't think this way because you are godly and you never have bad thoughts or incorrect thoughts, but I do. I'll just tell you. And sometimes I think, well, that thing, that situation is just too big for God. He can't handle it. Let us remind ourselves this morning, God spoke and everything you and I see came into existence by the fact that he said something. It's powerful. He's incredible. When he had made purifications of our sins, into verse 3, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels, as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he, that's God, ever say, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee, and again I'll be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. And when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, Who makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire? But of the Son, of Jesus, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy companions. So he's quoting. You need to read that. It's Psalm 102. He's quoting a lot of things that David says of, of Jesus in the Psalms. And Verse 10 and 11 continue. Thou, Lord, in the beginning did lay the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, not remainest, and they will all become old as a garment and a mantle. Thou will roll them up 
as a garment thou will also be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years will not come to an end. But to which of the angels did he ever say, Son, at my right hand, until I make thy enemies a footstool for thy feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Let's just kind of stop right there. So here's the first, the first question. And this writer of Hebrews gives... I have A-D-D-D-D-D-D. Anybody have that? Okay, good. Everybody, we're in trouble. Somebody help us. We need to stop praying again. So I love this. So the writer of Hebrews is trying to tell us some very important things. And here's the first thing he's trying to tell us. He is not assuming, I love this about the writer of Hebrews, he's not assuming that there's not a God. He is assuming there is a God. And God is the creator of the world, and God spoke in the beginning times of creation, and God is still speaking. So let's talk about some of what he tells us in this first chapter. He talks about when God speaks, and the first thing that he says about when God speaks is he says in verse 1, God spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets. Now let me stop and just say again, there are a lot of people, even in churches today, crossroads, that think, yeah, God spoke long ago. He spoke to Noah and to Moses and to Abraham and to Esther and Ruth. And he spoke long ago, but God doesn't speak in 2023. I heard that. Amen. He sure does. If he doesn't, why are you and I here this morning? We can just go home and we can read the Old Testament, just live out of the Old Testament and see what he did in the Old Testament. Now, what Jesus, what God did through his Spirit in the Old Testament is characteristic of what he does in the New Testament. So he's not schizophrenic. His character and the way he worked, his principles and the things he did in the Old Testament, he also did through Jesus in the New Testament. But the writer tells us from the beginning, he just assumes that we all are going to believe that God exists. And that God did speak, and he first started speaking through the fathers long ago, and that through the prophets, and the revelation given through the prophets came in a lot of different ways. You, you will remember some of these ways. If we flip back and look through the Old Testament, he spoke in things like parables. In the Old Testament, he spoke in historical narratives. He spoke in through the prophets, through the judges, through kings, through dramatic uh, presentations, through David the psalmist, through the Proverbs. God was speaking, 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 speaking. In history. And it's true that God spoke in a variety of ways in the Old Testament. Think about them. I, I thought about just a few. I'll just mention to you this morning. You think about Moses, I mentioned. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. Anybody had a burning bush situation in the last few weeks or months? Some of us, sometimes, I don't know about you, I wish God sometimes would speak that way. Because sometimes I think, God, would you just... I just need something to be crystal clear. Can you just set something on fire or drop something from heaven or just reveal to me what I'm supposed to do? Am I, am I the only one in here sometimes that just struggles with hearing from God to get a clear word from God? And it'd be great sometimes we think if he'd just set a bush on fire so I would know or give me confirmation. You've heard the story before. I shared this a few weeks ago when our friend Ronnie gave us a building update that oftentimes we pray for God to move and then he does and we don't see it. We just keep praying. Like the man that was on the roof of his house as the floods came and the waters kept rising and the boat came by and he said, sir, I'm here to rescue you. So I've been praying for somebody. Some, God's going to send me somebody to rescue. Thank you very much. I don't need you. Finally, a helicopter comes, flies over, drops a rope. In the, no, God's going to send somebody. I, I, he's going to take care of me. Helicopter leaves, floods came, man drowns, he gets to heaven. And 
He's kind of angry with the Lord. What happened, Lord? I prayed. I asked you to send two peop- some people to me. And the Lord says, I sent a couple people to you. And you didn't listen. You didn't even, you didn't even see, see what was going on. How do we know when God is speaking if he doesn't speak anymore by a burning bush? Or maybe some of us would like it if he spoke to us like he did to Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. He spoke in a still, small voice. Or I often pray sometimes on Sunday morning, I'd love for him to speak to us like he did to Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. And Isaiah came into the holy temple, and the temple was filled with smoke, and the angels were singing, and there was this throng of noise and worship, and the angels were singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And Isaiah was like, oh my goodness, it's obvious God's here, he's speaking to me. By the way, God is speaking this morning. He's speaking through his word, I hope. He's speaking through our our music. That, by the way, is why we should want to come to worship, is for God to speak to us. Not to hear the particular song that we might like or maybe not like, or to hear the particular person we want to pray or the particular person we want to hear preach. Or The reason you and I should want to come into the presence of God is because we want to hear him speak. Otherwise, all we've done is we've just occupied an hour or maybe an hour and five minutes or ten minutes of our time, right? I want God to speak to me. And so, yes, it's true, he spoke in the past to the fathers. But here's what's interesting. He speaks to us in the present, it says, through his son. In these last days, verse 2, he has spoken to us through his son who is Jesus Christ. So not only has he spoken in the past through the fathers and the prophets, but right now today in this present age, at 10.06 a.m. on a Sunday morning, Jesus Christ, through the power of his Holy Spirit, is speaking right now to you and to me. Here's the question Are you listening? Am I listening? And some people say this way, Jesus brought a message from the Father. Jesus didn't bring a message from the Father. Jesus is the message from the Father. He didn't bring a message. He is a message. The message that he brought is, I am the redeemer of the world. I am Lord of all creation. I am Lord of heaven and earth. And this idea that Jesus, the writer is trying to get us to understand the idea that Jesus is far better than the best prophet that you and I might pick out of the Old Testament. He's far better than that. He has revealed to us something that no other prophet could reveal. They hinted at it, but Jesus, when he came in his fullness, I like to say God in a in bod, God with skin on, when Jesus came into the earth, when God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and sent him to live among us, to walk among us, he was saying, Jesus is supreme. And if you go back and read those following verses, verses 5 through, I think it's about 11, you'll hear the writer of Hebrews start to say, Jesus is even better than the angels. If we saw some angels kind of just fluttering in this morning, if we could see them. By the way, they're here. You can't see them physically with your eyes, but they're here. If you believe the Bible, they're here. You say, what do they do? I'm going to tell you what angels do in just a little while. We could do a, we could do a year-long study on angels. Angels are at work. The opposite of angels, which are demons, are also at work. 
Now, some of you are getting a little uncomfortable. I know when it said it because you're thinking, oh, he's getting, a little, he's getting a little charismatic. I'm not getting charismatic. I'm getting biblical. There is a war that wages, the Bible says, in the heavenlies. Right now when we're in this room to worship, there is this war raging among the spiritual world between the enemy and angels, demons and angels. And yet all that is, as weird as that might make you feel, it's true. The writer of Hebrews is saying, don't freak out. Because Jesus Christ is more powerful than all that. Because he is supreme. And he is the one who created all that. It's amazing when you think about it. And so what, is, what does he say about these, uh, about, about these angels? He, he says to us finally, I think it's down in verse 14, he says, Here's what angels are. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service? For the sake of those who inherit salvation. That is the role. Again, we could do a year-long study on that. But in short, that's the role of angels. Angels are ministering spirits. I hear some people say all the time, Man, I was driving down the interstate the other day and this 18-wheeler came out the side and I just thought I was, he was going to run into me. And it's all of a sudden like something picked up my vehicle and moved it over six feet so it wouldn't get hit. I wouldn't get hit. And some people kind of flippantly say, I guess that was an angel. Maybe it was. I think angels intervene all in our, li- in our lives all the time, and we don't even realize it. We will one day when we get to heaven. I think that'll be, that'll be, what's, that'll be what's on the screens for eternity. Jesus will say, let's have a seat right here. Watch this. And we'll just see some of those scenes where we thought, how did that happen? Or we got through some circumstance, and all of a sudden we'll get a glimpse of maybe our grandmother sitting at her kitchen table weeping and praying for you and you realize that God was moving things in the spiritual realm because people were praying and he was at work and the angels and the demons are also working but Jesus is more supreme than all of those things and here's what's interesting if if you go back in those earlier verses we know in the past God spoke through the forefathers and the prophets and all the old testament writers in the new Testament. Now, in the present, he speaks to us, yes, through his word, but now through his son, Jesus Christ, he is speaking to us, who is Jesus, who is better than the angels. But here's what's interesting. Did you know that in the future, we're not guaranteed Jesus is going to continue to speak to us? We're not, we're not, we don't have that, we can't assume that's going to happen like God owes us something. We have, we have his word. We have the Holy Spirit, but tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the sky may soon split and we may not be here anymore. We may be carried into glory for those of us that know Jesus Christ. So we, we know that God does speak, but then the question becomes, how do we actually, how, how does God speak? We know he, he has spoken, He is speaking. But how does he speak? I want to give you real quickly some ways that God speaks to us. Just by looking at these verses that we've looked at this morning. Again, it's interesting that the book begins with no attempt at all to prove God's existence. Scripture assumes that we learn enough 
uh, of God's existence from attributes of his nature. If you want to check that out in Psalm 19 or Romans chapter 1, the writer of Hebrews knew God existed and assumes that we know God has existed. It's interesting. If you go out of this country, I would encourage you to do that. We'll be taking many more mission trips. We're going to the Dominican in July. We'll probably go somewhere at the end of the year. If you've never been out of the country and you go out of the country somewhere, especially a third world country, and you find people who are passionately in love with Jesus, some of which who have never held one of these in their hand, and you're like, how in the world can they know God if they don't have one of these? You know how? Nature itself cries out that God is alive. And every human heart, if I could put it this way, has a God-shaped hole in there on purpose that God has placed there so that we will crave an intimate relationship with Him and we will desire Him, which actually only comes when the Holy Spirit draws us to Himself. So how do we know that God speaks? I want to give you a few things this morning very quickly. Here's the first one. He speaks powerfully. God speaks powerfully. And he does that through his spirit. He tells us in verse 3, he is the radiance of his glory. He is the exact representation of his nature. And I love this phrase right here. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Now, the idea behind that word upholding is better actually thought of as maintaining. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the some of you have, have moved, you've downsized. One of the great things that I'm looking forward to moving. No yard work. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No maintaining the yard. No having to worry about mulching flower beds. No having to worry about cutting grass. No having to worry about gutters that maybe get stopped up. No worrying about exterior anything. Why? Because it's all taken care of for a small monthly fee, by the way. The maintenance on that with my schedule just sometimes gets overwhelming. How do you keep up with that? Can you imagine, just for a second, being God, the maintainer of every single thing in Five Forks, Greer, Greenville, Simpsonville, South Carolina, United States of America, every continent, every planet, every galaxy. God Almighty is the one that maintains every single little infinite detail. Some of you just went, well, I don't have anything to worry about this week. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That's powerful. And here's what's interesting is you study that word, and I did over the last few weeks. It's not this idea of some of you know the mythical God. Maybe you studied mythology in school. The mythical God, Atlas, you know, the big real fit guy. And he would ha- hold the globe in his hand like this, and he would just kind of, that was his pose, right? Some of you are looking at me like you don't remember that. Look it up when you get home on Google. Some of you remember that. That's not what the writer is saying here. It's not that God Almighty is kind of just passively holding something up. It's that God is actively involved every single day of every infinite, minute detail to maintain and keep everything going. How? He upholds it by the power of His Word and the power of His Spirit. And that's the same way He speaks to us, powerfully. It's the same idea of how he spoke at creation and everything came into existence because he just said it. So here's what's interesting. For some of you, and for the preacher guy included, 
God through his spirit has spoken some things to you and about you and into your life. And sometimes, if you're like me, and maybe you're not because I know you're more godly than me, but sometimes you don't believe the things that he has said about you or said to you are going to happen because that spiritual realm that's kind of doing battle in your mind. And I hear a lot of voices sometimes because I'm kind of crazy. And I hear those two voices, oh yeah, that's you, and oh yeah, no, it's maybe it's bad pizza that you had last night, you're trying to figure out if it's God or if it's the devil or who's speaking to you, and you're trying to navigate all those voices and all those things that you hear, and the same idea of creation, the power of God to speak and bring about creation, the same idea is true in your life and mine. When God says something to us and speaks to us, if we believe it and act on it, it will come to pass, if it's God, if it's God. Now, if it's just because you got the warm fuzzies and you just decided, well, God, I feel like God told me I'm getting a 2023 Lamborghini. Hallelujah. I'm going to claim it. I'm not talking about that. However, that's being preached all over the United States of America and people are believing it. Meanwhile, they drive around in their 1975 Pacer wondering what happened from God. You know, where's my Lamborghini? But God spiritually says things to us, and as we're walking with him, will reveal things to us through his word and through his spirit. He will speak things to us, and, and they will be powerful things. The second way he speaks to us is through circumstances, per- persuasively, through circumstances. So he speaks to us powerfully. He speaks to us persuasively through circumstances. Could it be... If you're visiting with us today, or maybe you've been here for some time, could it be that through the circumstances of life, maybe you're a regular attender, could it be that you are actually here by divine appointment today, that God supernaturally, through circumstances, brought you to this place to hear his word today? Could it be? You don't have enough time for me to go through the list and the litany and the pages of things I could share with you, how God, supernaturally, through His Spirit and through circumstances, led me to actually be standing up here sharing with you this morning. Boggles my mind. Not on my radar, not on my plan, but through circumstances and situations, and God, as, as hopefully you were, I believe you were, and I was saying, God, direct my path, put me where you want me to be. Through circumstances, He will do that. And he'll do that for you. He's done that for all of you. I hope that encourages you. Maybe you find yourself in a situation right now where you're just really not happy because it's not all that. Maybe it's something going on in your family. Maybe it's something financially. Maybe it's a job situation and you're just like frustrated and you're praying and saying, God, do something. God's working. Through circumstances, he's working. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what his timetable is. I don't know what's eventually going to happen. But we know and we can believe that God is still speaking because he speaks powerfully, he speaks, speaks persuasively. He also speaks, though, prophetically right here through this word. And church, here's what, I, here's what I'm realizing. The more I know of this, the more I'll know what God wants me to do. The less I know of it, the less I'll know what God wants me to do. If I spend five or ten minutes in this week and one hour or two hours with media conglomerates feeding my brain, 
I'm going to be less apt to believe what God says about me and says about our world and says that he can do because I'm going to get really discouraged and distressed and downcast. And that's exactly a plan of the enemy. That's what the enemy wants. So I've got to be in this word. So I, I wrote down, as, as you know, I wrote down a couple of questions. One, one with the point I just mentioned about circumstances. How has God used circumstances to speak to me? Just back to that for a minute. God has used many of you in this church family through circumstances to speak to me. Thank you. You might not even know it. For you, it could have been a passing comment. For you, it could have been a pat on the back. It could have been just something you said as one of us was walking out the door and you thought, no big deal. God used that circumstance through you being obedient to speak to me to, for whatever reason. It could have been to encourage me. could have been to challenge me. could have been for whatever. God speaks through circumstances. The other question I wrote, how has God used his word to speak to me? And the answer will be really short if I haven't been in this book. Man, he's got so much to say. This is his love letter to us as his children. Maybe you, maybe you did this when you were a, a kid. I, I, know, uh, I know I did till somebody picked it up. I had, I had made this little note. Man, I was in the third grade, and I passed it up the row to the girl in front of the seat. I was about three or four seats back, and I had written on there, you know, do you like me? Check yes or no. And she was supposed to pass it back. And somehow the kid sitting right in front of me just said, I'll take it. And then he was like holding up in front of the whole class. And I was extremely embarrassed that somebody had found my love letter to this girl. This book is God's love letter to us. We need not be embarrassed about it. He wants us to get into it and to read it and to find out more about him. And actually we'll find out more about ourselves too when we read this book. And so he uses his word to speak to us. And I can't tell you, and we could parade most of you up here behind this pulpit and you could say the same thing. I can't tell you the number of times decisions I've had to make where I've heard one voice, which is normally the enemy saying certain things, and I've heard the other voice, the Holy Spirit. And the voice, by the way, that you feed is the one that's going to be the loudest in your life. And I can't tell you the number of times, and you probably can't either, where I have wound up reading a particular scripture that week or the next week or maybe even the day before where I've read something that directed me on how to deal with that particular situation. And we have, for the most part, Crossroads, I believe, church family, we are an exception. I pray to God we're an exception. But we have, for the most part, in the Church of America, a biblically illiterate generation. And we have people who make decisions about godly things based on how they feel or what they think instead of based on God's word. It hasn't happened in this church, but when you have people come to you who need counseling in other situations and they basically tell you, well, I feel like I should do this, and you're thinking, what? And they say they're a Christian. And then you're like, where did that come from? Well, I just feel like I should do Well, get your feelings under the word of God. God still speaks through his word. And that's one of the primary ways he speaks. But another word that he speaks is personally. He speaks personally through people. God ever used people to speak to you? I hope he uses the pastor occasionally to speak to you, but I'm, I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about friends and other people to speak to you. That's why 
Church, hear my heart. That is why small group, Sunday school, whatever you want to call it, small group, interactive community is so essential, vital, integral. It's almost virtually, I would say, impossible to live as a child of God without it because it's in that community as you start sharing things. If, if we believe, now you may not believe this, if we believe God speaks through people, that God will start sharing things with other people and they will say things and speak into your life that may give you an aha moment or a light bulb will come on and you'll go, well, I never thought of it that way. And the reason you didn't think of it that way is because you weren't going to think of it that way. And the reason you weren't going to think of it that way is because God had put that thought in somebody else's brain, a brother or sister in Christ, for them to communicate to you. That's why we have community. That's why we have church. I've had so many people God's used to speak into my life. I am the sum total, spiritually, of all those people who have taken time to speak and invest in my life and to share spiritual things with me, godly things with me, biblical things with me. I remember when I was in college doing that dating thing. I wasn't like some of you were. I know, I know some of you guys in here were players. You know, I wasn't. Dated a handful of girls, less than probably I could count on one hand. But I remember a couple that I thought about. And I had a young man who was a few years older than me. He was godly and we would have discussions. And I remember him just... Sometimes these people are a voice of reason. Sometimes they're a voice of caution. Sometimes they're a voice of encouragement. Sometimes they're a swift kick. And this particular friend, one time I talked about, I think I'm going to ask that girl out. You know, she's looking all right. She deserves somebody like, like me. I remember him saying, you really think that's a good idea? That's all it took because of my respect for him. For him to say, you really think that's a good idea for me to go, whoop, let me stop just a second. Let me back up. Let me rethink. Luckily, I did not ask her out. Quite honestly, and she knows this even though she's not here. Had I asked her out, it probably would have gotten serious. Had it gotten serious, I probably would have proposed. Had I proposed, I probably would not be married to the lady I'm married to now. Who, guys, I married up, 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 up. Wow, so far up, it's not even funny. God uses people to speak to us. And there's so much more that could be said for, about that this morning. As God's speaking through people, is we have to be open to allowing God to speak through people. And if we get so, it's as easy to do as you get older. If we get so prideful that we think we don't need to do that, then we are sorely mistaken. So God wants to speak to us through people, through His Word, through circumstances. Through the power of His Holy Spirit. If you look at chapter 2, just to give you a teaser for where we're headed. Because God does speak. The writer gives us a warning. And, and a warning and the reason why we should consider everything that he said in chapter 1. And here it is. For this reason. Now, I, I love it when Bible writers kind of make things pretty clear. You may have heard me say there's a lot of times in Scripture where it'll have this long paragraph, paragraph, paragraph. Sometimes chapter, chapter, chapter. And then finally, the book of Romans is this way. You get over to the next paragraph or the next 
the next sentence, the next verse, and it'll say, therefore, and it means because of everything that I just said, this. And it's the same way with the writer of Hebrews. In light of everything he said about Jesus Christ being supreme, in light of everything that he said about the power of how God spoke and is speaking and still is speaking, continuing to speak, for this reason, he says, we must pay close attention to what we have heard, lest we drift from it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to drift. And when we start drifting, here's what happens. And I know this because this has happened to me. We start drifting, and the voice gets harder and harder to hear. So we start drifting. And in the Christian life, there, there is no neutral. You, you know this. There, you're either progressing, you're moving forward in your relationship with Jesus, or you are drifting, you're sliding. It's easy to do when we, when we don't allow His Spirit to speak to us or we're forgetful of this or we're not having people speak into our lives. You've heard the story about the older couple who was driving down the road in the pickup truck. And the man's driving the truck. His wife is all the way up, bench seat. She's all the way up against the window on the other side. He's smiling and driving. She's looking out the window at the farms and the nature and she looks down the bench seat at him and just says, Sweetheart, about that time this convertible pulls up beside him. Young couple sitting there all lovey-dovey. The guy driving the convertible, his girlfriend, wife, whoever the girl is, almost sitting in his lap. They're just loving on each other. The older lady sitting in the pickup looks over at her husband and she says, Sweet, sweetheart, that used, to be, that used to be us. That used to be us. What happened? And he just lovingly looked at her and just said, Who, who moved? Who moved? It's easy to drift. And the writer of Hebrews is warning us that's what will happen if we don't tune in and hear from the voice of God. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are speaking. You are alive. You have things to say to us. Every person in here. You don't have to be a preacher. For the dads in here, the moms in here, the adults, the young people, you have, you're speaking to our hearts. What are you saying? Church family, I'm going to be quiet for just a minute before we sing our invitation hymn, our closing song this morning. Can I just challenge you to be bold and brave this morning and say, God, speak to me. What, what do you have to say to me this morning? I believe all throughout this worship center, God will meet you through His Spirit exactly right where you are with what you need to hear. Maybe it's an encouragement. Maybe it's a challenge. God, would you speak to us right now? Would you help us leave this place? Would you help me leave this place different than when I came? Thank you, Lord, that you are supreme. Thank you, Lord, that you choose to speak to us. You want to speak to us. You want to have a relationship with us. Thank you that you are most powerful. You are most awesome. You are great. You are holy. There is none like you. You are incredible. 
as you just continue to pray, in just a minute, again, we're going to stand and sing. Maybe you find yourself here this morning and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus today. You'd say, I, I just need to give my life to the Lord. I need to surrender my life to Him. I need to follow after Him. If that's you this morning, I'll be standing here at the front. I'm going to ask my friend Stephen to join me this morning. Maybe you need somebody to pray with today, or maybe you want to grab a friend or family member and come to this, these steps, the altar here at the front, and pray this morning. That would be perfectly, perfectly all right. I don't know how God's speaking to you, but I pray you'd be obedient. Maybe, maybe you've been visiting for a few weeks, and you're saying, you know what, I need to put my roots down here at this church called Crossroads plant my life here. Do life with people so that I can grow. If that's the desire of your heart, I pray that you just follow the Lord this morning. Be obedient. Father, I pray you'd have your way during this time of invitation. Lord, you'd speak to us, challenge us, open the eyes of our heart that we would hear and we'd see from you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's sing together. Let's join us. And uh, Will's going to lead us in a song. You respond as God leads you this morning. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're so glad that you joined us for the message today. If Pastor Jack or any of our team can serve you, please reach out to us. You can send us an email at jack at hope at crossroads.org or by visiting our website. We would be most grateful to know where you are listening because we have people all over the world listening to our podcast. You can send us a message through our website. We would appreciate your prayers for us as we are in the midst of a building campaign to reach more children and families in our local community in Greenville County, South Carolina. If you would like to help, you can always make your gift online at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads.